I'm Dan Carell, CEO of the Digital Commerce Alliance, and this is Commerce Code, a bi-weekly digital commerce podcast for leaders in card linking, loyalty and digital marketing, mobile wallets and payments, and financial data. Thanks for joining this running conversation with leaders in the industry. And if you like this podcast, come join us at a Digital Commerce Alliance event. You can learn more at www.digcomall.org. In this episode of Commerce Code, Dan is hosting Mike Garson, president of social activation at Brand Networks, an Agio company. Dan and Mike explore the ever-evolving landscape of social media marketing. These experts will delve into the power of social activation, including how to leverage AI-optimized advertising investment, authentic employee advocacy, and data-driven brand collection to supercharge your social media marketing strategy and presence. Stay tuned for a deep dive into social media activation with Dan and Mike. Commerce Code is sponsored by Pentadata, the all-in-one financial data API. Whether it is bank account data, credit card transaction data, or credit reports and credit scores, Pentadata has it all in one simple and easy-to-use API. With coverage of over 6,000 banks, over 200 million credit files, and 60 million merchants, you can get all the data you need for your apps at pentadatainc.com. Mike, great to have you on Commerce Code. Where are you joining us from? I'm joining you from uh, Rochester, New York. We're here to talk brand networks, Agio, and social activation. But I want to I want to start with that last thing for some of our audience that that might not know. And I'll, I'll reserve the right to ask simple and maybe dumb questions myself because I may not know. How do you define social activation? Like, what is what is that social media activation? For me, it's fairly straightforward. It's helping brands strengthen their connections to employees, customers, and communities, leveraging all the capabilities that social networks have to offer, whether it's organic or paid. And that's how I would define it. So really, we're kind of taking advantage of, I guess, the the world that we all live in now, right, which has this really significant additional dimension of of that social media ecosystem that's been around for such a long time and just making that sort of integral to marketing and brand relationships, yeah? Yes, absolutely. Where does sort of brand network sit within that world of social media activation? So we are a uh, pioneer in leveraging social media to activate the marketing strategies of global enterprises. And we essentially provide three core capabilities. The first one is a software platform that enables your employees and consumers, any sort of brand ambassadors that you have out there to create safe content that's measurable and scalable. We also provide tools and services to help you optimize your advertising investment across all social channels, which is becoming an increasingly difficult thing to navigate. And then we also provide brand collaboration tools to allow for secure sharing of audiences across all the major social networks. Got it. So, you know, if I'm a company just kind of thinking about this from the perspective of I'm running a brand of any kind, what you're creating, I guess, is the ability for me to really harness the activity that's kind of going on already to some extent on social media, talking about whatever we do. And then there's also an aspect of making it easier for people to do that and for that to kind of get leveraged across different social media platforms. Right. So I've just kind of tried to, to distill down what, what I think you've said. Like, does that sound right? 
Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, look, your employees and your consumers are doing this every single day, whether they're talking about philanthropic activities, whether they're talking about job opportunities, they could just be, you know, really passionate about the products and services that you're you're providing. But they're they're doing it in a way that you can't really harness the power of that content. And they're not always doing it necessarily in a safe way, whether the content they create or the content that it could be commingled with is not something that you'd want to represent your brand. And our brand advocate platform provides the tools for employees and consumers to create that content on behalf of you know, any brand in a very safe and measurable way across the globe. The other thing that you mentioned there is you think about retail, local is incredibly important and the authenticity of the voice of somebody who's creating content at a local level is going to resonate far more effectively than you know something that's created at a national level. So if you're in Rochester, New York, like I am, and you've got a store manager talking about something related to the bills or a cross promotion that they have going on in store or anything that could be going on in our community that's going to resonate far more effectively to me as an audience within that geographic territory. As you say all this, it's got to be true that you're leaning on, in order to do this work and do it well, you must be leaning on some kind of machine learning or AI or something in order to, to, to be able to, to do it all, right? Because you, you know everything you've just described either involves 5,000 people in a tech center somewhere in Hyderabad or whatever, or it involves some pretty hot technology. Absolutely. We have to use AI-based tools to help us scale, whether you're trying to run a paid media campaign across thousands of geolocations on behalf of a multi-location retailer, or you're trying to decide which pieces of content are going to perform the best, or you're trying to figure out which social network your paid media is going to provide the highest return on investment. There's no way that you can do that in this world in a manual way, and you have to leverage machine learning to be able to be successful in this environment. Just the social media environment alone and the dynamic nature of it, right? And you, you alluded to this before, you mentioned this before, but you're in an automated question mark way, or at least in an orderly way, helping people to figure out where to get their message and in what way, and presumably where to spend some of their money in terms of social media stuff. Am I right that that environment is changing pretty quick? I'm not an expert on it. You, you clearly live in that world. I mean, the social media platform thing feels like it's changing fast. Are we right? Yeah, it's, it's happening rapidly and sort of a, in, a, in a horizontal way. So historically, then Facebook, now Meta was the dominant channel that everybody was seeing the highest return on ad spend, also achieving their goals in terms of reach. But as other social networks gain in terms of user base and audience size, that dynamic is rapidly shifting and it requires that people stay completely informed at a fairly granular level of detail across all of these social networks to be effective in, in working with them. But it also requires the right set of tools that allow you to optimize everything you're doing across all of these channels. Let me move to an adjacent question and try and connect the dots here. So Brand Networks was acquired by Augio pretty recently. And I'd love to get your take, I guess, on what the connection is there, sort of what's the, the chocolate and the peanut butter, you know, the old Reese's ad. I don't know which you are. You can, First, you can tell me, are you chocolate or are you peanut butter? And then Agio must be the other thing. And then, you know, kind of describe, like, what's the synergy there? Definitely peanut butter. You know, for us and the excitement about joining forces with Agio is that, as you know, they're a leader in workplace engagement and, and customer loyalty. And across, let's say, their major platforms that are both on the employee side, but also the consumer side, they already have 
millions of active users using their platform every day. And when you bring in, you know, a complementary set of technologies like we have, and they already have this amazing distribution channel across some incredible brands that cover, you know, probably close to 20 different verticals, it allows us to really scale our software solution and provide that capability uh, to a lot of people really, really quickly without having to worry about some of the challenges of adoption of a new new piece of technology like our mobile application or even our desktop applications. Augio is one of those companies that's involved in a lot of stuff, at least from where I sit as an outsider who knows them somewhat well. But Augio does a lot of work on helping companies do well engaging with their own employees. And so, you know, what you're doing, I think, engages employees, but, but also just consumers and enthusiasts, right? So if I'm the world's biggest I'm not saying that I am, but I could be the world's biggest Oreo McFlurry fan. And if I were tweeting about it every day, whatever, like that's something that matters to brand networks too, even though I don't work for McDonald's. I'm just imagining this scenario, right? Like this is kind of hypothetical, but Augio is oriented as much to the employees too. So the question is like, am I right that your platform is trying to accelerate or, or engage employees, but also consumers? That's absolutely right. So our, our platform helps brands really harness the amazing content that their brand advocates are creating every single day. And the amazing part, if we're talking about the employee side, if you were to pair the rewards and recognition program that Agio has already built out with this technology, now you can actually reward employees for the amazing content that they're creating on behalf of your brand. And that to me is just really compelling, not only from a usage standpoint, but just also continuing to engage employees across an entire workforce. That makes a ton of sense. And it's got to work differently, I would think, for different brands and different kinds of, I'm just imagining, you know, kind of the way that different employees would engage and just depends on the product, the brand. You know, talking about just social media evolution, and I've kind of alluded to this, and I, you know, look, we in the, the background to that, obviously, is there's just action on everything from Twitter to, you know, meta and whatever's going on with Facebook and the metaverse and or not. But I think consumer advocacy, employee consumer advocacy, obviously really key to the success of social media marketing. And so wanted to just talk about kind of to get into the specifics of what are the benefits of having these kind of brand influencers? How can organizations identify brand influencers and just really work with them effectively? Would love to get your take on that. Yeah, the, the interesting thing is a lot of major brands have already identified their, let's call them brand champions. They usually know who they are across their brand, big brand, small brand, it doesn't really matter. They tend to sort of have already have identified who is doing really well on social, who's comfortable doing it, who's producing great content. And the challenge is that they're empowering them to create content on their behalf, but in a really manual way. So this will all be done over email or Slack, and they'll, you know, send out, all right, I've got a, I've got a challenge for you to create content, you know, if you're a retailer for Valentine's Day or whatever. But then they have no real way of measuring how effective those content campaigns are unless they literally go out and they're they're manually measuring across these social networks how the content is performing. I know that sounds crazy, but that is really the way it is being used today. And the beauty about our technology is it allows you to not only enable that initial set of brand ambassadors in a safe and scalable and measurable way, 
But then it allows you to also scale that capability across your entire enterprise. And that is really the amazing part of, of the technology. And then we provide different capabilities. Uh, you know, I don't like the phrase crawl, walk, run, but for a lot of people, you know, creating social content on, you know, for the first time can be either daunting or intimidating and they don't really know where to start. And so they can start with a template that's created for them in the project or, the next phase of that is sort of more of a Mad Lib style where they're allowed to go ahead and fill in the blanks. And as they become more comfortable, they can graduate to become one of those highly effective brand champions that you already have today. And it's it's amazing to watch people kind of grow with the tools in their ability and comfort to create amazing content on behalf of the brands that they're really passionate about every day. This is just a human level question. And then I have a machine type question too, but is it because it's fun? The thing that gets people to do this stuff, right? Like, and I, you know, there's all different, there's some great, obviously, literature on what motivates people, what gets them to drive to action. But I have the personal view that an awful lot of it is, is it, I'll just call it fun. Is that a big part of it? Like what drives people to action? I think for some people, it's fun. For some people, it's the buzz of the audience. I mean, it's amazing to see some of the audiences that these, you know, let's say brand ambassadors have created for themselves. And then I think the last part, you know, our technology does have components of gamification and people like competition and they want their content to outperform other people's content within their ecosystem. They want their store to outperform other stores within their ecosystem. And so there, there are a bunch of behaviors that sort of drive the motivation behind creating the content. That's great. You know, and as I, as I was struggling around the word fun, I mean, because then you, that's the kind of thing you could unpack it, you know, philosophically and go, okay, I don't know what that means. Because it means a lot of things, right? The buzz of an audience and the gamification and all that stuff, uh, depending on your, you know, how you roll, like that's a flavor of fun. It's engagement. It's excitement. It's, I don't know. But yeah, that's, that's a great answer on, on that. And it makes a ton of sense. The gamification, especially needless to say, I think we now know, and I think we didn't know this, you know, 20 years ago, but just the extent to which people are and not every person, but an awful lot of people are motivated by the buzz of a, a virtual audience, the likes or the whatever's, you know, on, on a social media platform, right? It drives a lot of behavior. And so, you know, getting serious about engaging this makes a ton of sense for brands. So that leads me to my second question. So yes, there's AI, there's machine learning. How transformative is this little moment we're having with what I'll call the new AI, the large language models, the, you know, chat GPT, and then all the other things that are trailing behind it? Is this transformational? Does it relate to your guys' work at all? Yeah, I think it will. I mean, coming from a technology background, I'm always sort of careful in the way that I use AI. In the in the marketing space, it's more of a decision-making engine, more machine learning. We do a ton of that today, and it's it's highly applicable to the decisions that marketers need to make every day on their campaigns. You know, the more generalized AI, you're starting to see it used in some really compelling ways, but collectively, we haven't really figured out the best ways to harness that technology, whether it's going to come in terms of time savings or productivity or performance, that's still remains to be seen. But overall, I think, you know, you're going to start to see the worlds of generalized AI and everything we do in the marketing space come together more and more to provide some really unique and interesting capabilities, not only in social, but just across all of digital. We mentioned before we started recording, I was, I just got back from London and I've been so busy for so long that I hadn't had a haircut and I found an hour of, of time in London to go get a haircut. So it turns out the guy has not only a, a barbershop in London, it wasn't smack central London, but it was close enough that, you know, it's the kind of place you look around and go, what's the rent on this? You know, how do you make money cutting hair? 
But part of the answer appears to be he's got an online shop where he's selling men's hair products and this kind of stuff. And so we get talking about ChatGPT. I don't know if he raised it or I did. But he said, oh, yeah, it's fantastic. I've got the pro account or whatever it is because he does all this YouTube promotion. That's essentially he's selling his stuff on through YouTube marketing. And he says, I'm, I'm producing like three or four times as many pieces of content now with chat GPT because I just tell it like, hey, write me a script with the following sort of characteristics and then you, know, you can shave it and, you know, change it, whatever. And then he, I think he said he was using a platform that would sort of do the voiceover, essentially turn the script into voiceover audio. And those things we've all noticed, I think, are becoming more, more human-like. And then he's turning out stuff. I checked out some of his videos. I was like, oh, it's, I, I get it. And it's not perfection, but it's pretty good. To me, that's just like at the ground level when you're talking to a random barber and they've figured out how to use ChatGPT to really accelerate their business. It's, that's, that to me is really interesting. For sure. It's really, it's really cool to hear that he's using video as well. I mean, you mentioned YouTube to drive commerce. And a lot of that sort of culture started in Asia, as you're probably aware of. And it's really incredible just to see the growth here in the U.S., even with some of our customers, of these sort of social shopping experiences that are driving direct to commerce. And the conversion rates are incredibly impressive, like the barbershop you're talking about, who's <laughs> using that to you know, help pay his rent. Yeah, it's amazing. So talking about sort of social media advertising for large organizations, you know, not not the barbershop, but maybe the national barbershop chain, right? But, you know, there's a lot of different factors that kind of influence media and social media buying decisions. And that's the kind of thing that needs to be optimized, right? If you're a little, you know, mom and pop shop, maybe you just kind of decide on one thing and you run with it and it works or it doesn't. But I think obviously the kind of businesses that we're normally dealing with at Digital Commerce Alliance and that you presumably deal with at brand networks are kind of looking at a lot of choices, right? And And how do we make those decisions? How do we optimize advertising investment? Where's the return on investment? That's always been hard, right? Like that's advertising is ROI has always been dark arts, right? So how do you, how do you do that? It's getting harder every day. And like I mentioned before, as you have an increasing number of viable options from an audience perspective and a return on ad spend perspective, unless you run manual tests across Meta and TikTok and Snap, depending on your campaign goals, of course, and you've got to take politics and views of channels out of, out of the equation altogether. But if you're purely just looking to maximize your return on ad spend, to do it manually is is incredibly difficult, and you really need to leverage a set of AI tools to help automatically allocate that media investment and budget across the channel that's going to get you the highest return for that campaign, depending on whatever your goal might be, whether it's direct conversion or awareness or whatever, whatever you're trying to achieve without a system to automatically quickly test and measure and allocate it would be very challenging to to maximize the return on your ad spend in any given campaign. You know, the other thing I'm interested in here to just kind of chase a little bit is data-driven, I'll just call it data-driven brand collaborations. And the other thing I know you guys are involved with, and I'm going to say the words and then I'm going to ask you to tell me what it is, clean room technologies. Okay. And I've heard I've several other people, not just in connection with, with Agio, but have kind of mentioned this. And so the two things I've just said, brand collaborations are one thing. I think we can understand what that may be. Clean room technologies, not everybody, including myself, could really describe it if they needed to. And so maybe we start with clean room technologies and just tell us what it is. And again, you're coming from the tech background, but obviously have a grasp of kind of the whole space. Would love to learn about that. And then how does that relate to brand collaborations and how brands and social media platforms work? 
Yeah, for me, it really is, you know, I use a different kind of phrase, which is a secure audience exchange. But what we're finding in this ever-evolving sort of cookie-less world, brands are forced to collaborate with each other to reach the right audience with the right message at the right time. And what I mean by that is they are starting to be able to leverage each other's you know, data sets for targeting purposes in, in a mutually beneficial way. The problem is today, a lot of that is being, again, done very manually and in ways that are definitely not compliant with industry standards or even regulatory standards where they're, you know, sharing email lists and, you know, all sorts of personally identifiable information from an audience perspective. It could either be email, it could be device lists, it could be telephone numbers. And then once the brands share it, they have no way of really measuring and understanding exactly how that data is used. And so where secure audience exchange technology comes into play is it allows brands to safely share their audience data across social networks and with a third party and allow them to use that data in a way that they can measure, they know they're following the terms of use and have a full understanding of how that information is used. And also they can stop the usage at any moment in time to make sure that they're staying compliant with any number of factors. Not to presume that you know the details of this, nor, nor would we want to get into them anyway. But that, when you're talking about secure or safe sharing of this, this audience data, that's a central step to be, for example, compliant with GDPR, like European data regulations, or, or any data regulation, California, Canada, whatever. So I would think that there's two things kind of going on here. One is to just have better data like better organized, less messy somehow. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but maybe there's that. And then the other piece is, is presumably an aspect of just legal compliance, yeah? Absolutely. And, and and the other part is a lot of brands are seeing this as a way to a new monetization method to really monetize the data that they're sitting on. And you know, I think the easiest way to always think about this is, is sort of, you know, an example. So if you're, you know, a major airline and you're launching a new route to, let's say, to Miami, and you want to let a relevant audience know about this new offering, the best place to look for that data would be, you know, large hotel chains in that geographic territory that can either share data on past stays or future stays that are booked in Miami and allow that airline to leverage that data to reach those potential customers on the new route that they're, they're launching. I get it. That's a great example. I think, you know, we've had a lot of conversations in at Digital Commerce Alliance just with member companies and in a board meeting last week, just in general about the evolving environment of data exchange. Had a great conversation in London last week with a bunch of companies that wasn't sort of meant to be about that necessarily, although it ended up being about that. And so uh, I got to believe that that's a big part of kind of the future of what you'll be working on at, at Brand Networks. Absolutely. We provide literally a set of brand collaboration tools to allow brands to do this today, whether you're sharing one audience or you're sharing a thousand audience. Our cleanroom technology really allows brands to, like I said, share that data in a very safe and effective way. One other thing I should point out is that not all social networks, they don't have the technological capability to even share an audience with another party. So Meta, of course, has done that for years, but then you can't measure really understand how that audience is being used. And if an individual opts out of that audience, it's very difficult to pull them out of the audience that's been shared, et cetera. Our technology will not only enable a better functionality across meta, but then there are other channels like Pinterest, Twitter, et cetera, that don't really provide natively 
audience sharing today, and we close the gap across all social channels to enable this capability for brands to leverage. That's important. I mean, you sort of, sort of, you can virtualize the standardization of process, right? Or you can make the process reasonably standardized where it just fundamentally isn't in the current ecosystem, right? It's a mess. Very well said. Yep. Well, okay. So you are the level-headed technology guy. You've you've provided an incredible amount of like, this is just real. I've learned a ton. This is great. But I'm going to ask you to just, just go crazy and tell me like, what are you excited about in the next like year, let's say, right? Like, I mean, you're coming in, you've got this new relationship, you know, Agio, and there's just, you know, the chocolate, the peanut butter. What are you most excited about in terms of what you guys are going to be able to do? I think for me, it's just getting our tools in the hands of more brands globally than we have today. We have an incredible roster of customers who we love to work with every single day. But I love, you know, exploring new verticals that we're not doing a lot today with, in particular, medical device space, financial services. We do some in financial services, but there's a lot more that we can can be doing. Automotive is a vertical. And so I just think there are so many opportunities with the combined entity to really get these tools in the hands of these various different industries to help them be more effective with, you know, all the marketing that they're doing across the social channels today. That's a great place to close. That is an exciting project. It sounds like it'll keep you busy. So I think you might have your dance card pretty full for the, for the coming year or so or more, but that's great stuff. This has been fun. Thanks so much, Mike, for joining us today. And we look forward to more conversations maybe in the future and to seeing you at a DCA event from time to time. Awesome, Dan. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Commerce Code is brought to you in part by Vantage Score. Nine of the top 10 banks and over 3,000 leading banks and fintechs use Vantage Score to predict and manage repayment risk. Learn more about the latest advances in credit scoring and how to grow your lending business by leveraging financial inclusion at VantageScore.com. With the Augeo acquisition of Brand Networks, the two organizations are now working as one to drive transformational experiences and meaningful connections across all parties involved in the brand experience. Commerce Code is a bi-weekly podcast bringing you conversations with executives who are leading the way in digital commerce. If you like Commerce Code, your company should join the Digital Commerce Alliance and become part of our mission of advancing trade for good through standard setting, industry networking, conferences, and best practice sharing. Check out our website at www.digcomall.org. On behalf of DCA, have a great week. <laughs>